Hello and welcome to the Fit for Life podcast with your host, Alan Fitton. In this podcast, I will be covering fitness-related subjects and my experiences to do with nutrition, building muscle and weight loss, to name a few, and how, above all, to keep fit for life. Hello and welcome back to another episode on the Fit for Life podcast with your host, Alan Fitton. Hello. Um, We are very relaxed today. I am the only person here. There's no one else here recording with me. I've, I've been spoke with guests these past weeks, um, but today I'm afraid you just got me. Um, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, more coming, obviously, um, but I do want to try to alternate the the content with an episode with just me and an episode with a um, a guest, kind of every other week, and work it that way. Um, as I said, I've been blessed to have the guests we've had on show. We've had some amazing. Everyone has been amazing on this show so far, and I've only got. Lots of other people coming, but obviously along my own work and things that I do, as I said before, if you watch, if you follow the, the IG, I don't get paid for this. Um, this is something that I do from an interest and love of myself, um, getting interesting, amazing people on this cast. Um, as I said, I get no profit from doing this. I just, it's like my own love. Um, and also you've seen, I've been interacting a bit more to do with mental health, to do with this as well. Um, on top of the fitness-related content with fitness, nutrition, exercise, movement, mental health, it all kind of in creatures as one, doesn't it? It all comes together as one thing. Um, and it's been great. I've been loving the journey and just learning from it. And it's been going absolutely awesome. So I hope you've been enjoying the content. Um, as I said, uh, the Instagram got to 100 followers this last weekend. Woo, I think we're at 107 now. Um, so thank you for you subbed. That's absolutely incredible. Um, as I said, we're on all the audio platforms, be it YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're meant to be on Amazon, but I've had some issues. I, I can't for some reason say it's mine. So I'm not sure if it's actually on there or not. If you are on there and you've seen it, do let me know. That'd really help me out. Um, but as I said, you're following any of those platforms, Gets at least I'm trying to get at least one episode a week, but things have been manic for me these previous weeks. Just been really busy with my PT business, my online coaching, everything else that I do. I'm a one man band, so I'm doing everything myself. Um, I do have an editor now, so I've got someone that edits my podcast for me. Amazing. Um, so I need to get this content shot now. I send it across to him, and he does the um, connects the dots for me, the X Y Z, and makes publishes it all, and then gets the reels done for me, so then I can share on here, um, which is. You know, I was spending probably between 10 to 13 hours a week in the stuff edited, uh, which takes a lot of time. So it's been amazing to be able to give that responsibility to someone, to someone else so I can focus more on other things and aspects of my business, um, which has been doing great. You, know, you may have seen I had a bit of a, a fitness rebrand lately um, from Coach B. Allen, which was, I wasn't so happy with that name really. Um, and I looked back within myself and I was like, well, what? who am I? What do I do? My second name, Fitten. I've always wanted to do something with that. So that's why I, I decided on fit on, um, fit hyphen on, just getting your fit on, right? You know, get your fit on, you know, um, and that still keeps it relatable to me and also keeps it as a good brand name. You know, I, th- I think it's quite empowering. So I'm looking at doing a bit of a brand with a clothing with that, with also a, com- a, a fitness community too. Um, and obviously the Fit for Life podcast ties in with that as well, all kind of encroaches together. So it is a community. I am working a lot to get cogs turning, but I said I'm a one-man band, so it does take time. So I do apologize that if this content isn't quite as forthcoming as what it should be, and it has been a few breaks between some casts and stuff, but it's just because literally I'm fighting the post myself. I'm doing everything alone. As I said, I've got an editor now, which has taken a lot of time off me, which has been great, but still 
I'm busy PT and busy online coaching. I've got other responsibilities and things that I've got to do. So it's been challenging. I'm just making excuses here, really. It's, it's all down to me. Um, but, you know, the little thing that you do, i.e. following or putting a comment on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to YouTube or following, that little, that one follow that you do helps me out an awful lot, helps out everything, can increase everything tenfold so I can put more time into doing certain things. So, you know, as I said, I've got someone employed now to help out with this. You know, if I, I might set up like a giving page and stuff like that so people can make donations and stuff like that because then it just means I can invest in this even more if you're appreciating the content that I produce and then you're enjoying it. Because um, as I said, I don't get anything from doing this. It's just my own love for doing it myself. You know, it's been an incredible experience so far. Um, so anyway, I'll stop being self-absorbed and talking about me. How long has it been for? Four minutes. I am sorry. Um, so anyway, so on today's cast, um, I've just decided I want to give a bit more informative content in regards to gluten um, because there's a lot of people that still don't understand a lot about um, whether gluten is good or bad for you. And there's people with intolerances and there's people that are celiac. Um, I am celiac and I'm going to go into all that in this cast. So here we go. So gluten, what is it? So gluten is within wheat, within rye, within uh, rye, sorry, um, and a few of that ingredients too, um, and is the basis of a majority of people's diets. Um, so it's through bread, it's, it's derived from wheat, and it has actually essential proteins within it. So from eating wheat, you get gluten, and for the majority of people, it's a way of getting protein in our system. Um, it's a, a really important part of most people's nutritional diet. Um, so I was going through a bit of a, a stage a few years ago where I was having an awful lot of migraines. Um, literally within the span of like three months, I was having a migraine literally every other week. Um, my mother at the time took, decided to share with me, oh, I used to have migraines a lot too. I was like, oh, that's good to know. So it could be obviously hereditary. Um, but it was getting really bad. And I had a really bad um, like tiredness and, and fatigue all the time. I've never been the best of sleepers, so I thought it was just sleep-related. Um, so I kind of thought nothing of it, but the migraines got worse and worse and worse. Um, not sure if anyone can relate to this, but the migraines that I was getting, I get the oral migraines, so I get like a line, and that line would kind of expand and take over like the entirety of my eyes. And then it would go, a bit I'm normal now. Then right on here on my right temple, I'd get like a pressure, like I'm being stabbed. Then I'd get worse and worse and worse and worse. So the, the pain is just... I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I have a few clients that have these bad migraines too. And then it kind of goes into ridiculous pain. You can't think, you can't see, you, you can't do anything. And then you start being sick. Your body's like, what the hell's going on? You know, the reaction is to try and get something out of the system or whatever reason why the body's being sick. You start being sick to the point where you're nearly passing out. I've been put in the hospital twice with it. So I now have, I have an injectable to keep on me just in case. And also like migraine medication because... My biggest fear is that to, for that an attack to happen when I'm out and about, um, and then to me be in that awkward situation, I need to go to hospital or whatever that may be, or for it to happen. I, I've got something down now that I do that limits it. So the minute I see that line comes on, I grab my phone, I put a 20 minute timer on this, and I then literally keep my eyes shut and do deep breathing for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, the line doesn't expand and it disappears. And I just get a bit of like a head musk. It doesn't develop, develop into a full-on migraine. Um, and that's my hack at the moment. And so far, so good. Touch wood. I've caught it every time lately. Um, so I've got the injectable and medication on me just in case. Um, but 
yeah, that's the, because I just wouldn't, wouldn't wish it on a it's absolutely disgusting. So, um, so I was having these migraines for, li- for just tons of them. I've never had them before. Like the first one, the most scary experience of my life, I thought I was dying. And then the, the, my tiredness of my teeth was getting worse. So when I used to work at Variety Fitness, uh, the PT studio used to work at, every morning I'd have to go to the and get a coffee because I felt like that cup of coffee gave me life. I felt if I didn't have that coffee, I was drained, fatigued, tired. My skin was burning. I was like, I feel like I was like breathing fire. Um, and then, yeah, so it was just getting worse and worse. So I thought I, I need to investigate this because I'd been hospitalized and they weren't asked. They just wanted to get me like back out again. They didn't, I was like, well, what, why is it happening? They were always just a migraine. I'm like, just a migraine was, I'm not sure if you had one, mate, but they're pretty fucking disgusting. Um, so anyway, so I got discharged from there and then no one wants to really investigate. So I went to the docs and I said, I want to get my blood checked and stuff because I said, <coughs> I thought it may have been a testosterone issue or something or something else wrong um, that I was getting these things because I said, if not experienced them, it's not like a normal headache. It's like a headache times 10, like seriously. Um, so I thought I need to investigate this and see what the hell is going on. Um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I have a little sip of water here. So I got my blood done, and then um, I moved back at home at the time because my mum wasn't well and things, and I was um, came back home. For, I was obviously needed back home back then, so I came back here. And um, I got a phone call from the doctor and said, we need to talk, talk to you about your blood results. I was like, okay, I thought this might be pretty bad. I was expecting them to say, like, your test levels are low or something. That could be the reason why it's happening. I'm not sure why I thought that, but I just thought, I'm getting older. Maybe this is a contributing factor. Why? And she went, oh, Mr. Fitton. I said, so your blood to come back, and... Um, it looks like to me you have celiac disease. I just went silent. I was like, what? It's like, yeah. I said, your blood's come back. Um, there's a certain amount of um, stuff within your blood when you obviously have gluten. So your blood's is like 20 times a normal amount. Um, this is pretty darn conclusive. This is factual that you are celiac. Um, I was like, oh, right. I was like, oh, okay. I was, I was just, I was just shocked. I, I, did, I didn't realize. I said, I'm afraid to do a dietitian and all this stuff. I don't, don't think you need a camera down your throat and all this. We did get referred to by, but, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, it was COVID around that time. So getting appointment stuff was, there's a backlog and all that. And so I never actually ended up having the camera down my throat. Um, they only wanted to investigate that just to see what the damage was like. Um, so from that perspective, that's why the ones who investigated, not to check that was celiac, because my bloods were like, it's conclusive. When your bloods are that are that high, it is conclusive that you're celiac. There's no question about it. Um, so she tried to refer me. Getting an appointment was impossible. Obviously, I was caring for my mum at the time um, and trying to get an appointment with leaving her alone and my father and everything else I was balancing back then. Just couldn't couldn't commit to it. I had too much on my plate. So yeah, so I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So what is celiac disease? Okay, so celiac is it's not an intolerance. Um, those who have intolerances will get more of like a immediate reaction. So they'll have like bloating, bad stomach, they might have the poos and stuff like that, but they get more of a, it's more of a literal at the moment thing, um, not that detriment um, as to what it can be for others. So for, for me, I, the, the best way I would describe a celiac disease is a, a slow burner. So when I eat gluten, it basically destroys the lining of my stomach. So it affects my the way that I can digest nutrients. Um, so, which ends up, as you get later in life, a greater risk of getting osteoporosis because you're not digesting certain vitamins from food. So I so you vitamin D, C, A, B12, 
all these important nutrients that you need in the body, you can't digest properly because the gluten's been eaten away at my stomach lining. Um, so literally when you get diagnosed celiac, you then eliminate all gluten from your diet and it can take between three, four, five, six, seven years for your stomach lining to completely kind of get better and to repair itself. Um, so that each time you eat gluten, you might not get that much of a bad reaction straight away, but what it's doing within uh, that is more detriment. So literally, it is, it's paramount that I don't eat gluten because it's what's doing inside of me. And it's for any celiac. A lot of people don't have that understanding. Um, so, so yeah, so, what, so, so when she told me that, hap- that, that that's what it was, I, I was then a bit like, oh, fucking hell. And I was a bit in disbelief, first of all, because I was like, well, I've got away from it for like 33, 34 years. I'm not dead. So the first six months, I was very slapdab. I went back, I, I kind of started cutting it out and my symptoms started getting better. Um, I used to feel like my, my, my skin was on fire the whole time when I have anything with like carbs, basically, because most carbs have got wheat or gluten in it. So I feel like my skin was on fire. I feel like I'm breathing fire, like I blow into my hand and it'd be hot as like, I feel like I'm breathing fire. Um, and then other symptoms you got, I got bloating. I say the, the migraines came on. Um, so symptoms, to be honest, weren't, that that bad and then obviously the, the tiredness and the fatigue that I had too that I just I was a caffeine addict that's why I smashed coffee so much um so the minute I started taking gluten on my diet then over the span of two weeks these symptoms started getting less and less and less and less so I feel less tired less fatigued my skin burning had gone but it, it just meant that if I ate something with gluten in I knew about it um, and you, I could just tell because instantly I'd get that skin burning sensation. My mouth would be on fire. Um, the tiredness and fatigue would just kick back in. Um, so yeah, so quite quickly I started feeling better. But that first six months I was a bit irresponsible really. My mate Wes knows. Um, I'd be having little bits here and there if I fancied it. Like I wouldn't have any for like a long period of time. And I'd go back to it and have, have, a, have, a, have a bit or like have a KFC or have like, um, sorry. Anyway, um, I left my, my, my laptop on loud. Um, I'd have little bits here and there thinking, oh, I can get away with it. But obviously, I'm, all I'm doing is my body's trying to repair and then I'm just breaking it down again. Um, so it's kind of productive, obviously. Um, and yeah, so I did that for like six months and then the big tasties came out at McDonald's and my mate was like, oh, let's go, let's go. So we went and um, I had like two massive big tasties. Um, I loved it because I, I loved the sauce and them, right? And before that, I hadn't had anything, hadn't had anything for like a month, so I'll like, oh, be fine. And then after I had those big t- two, two, two big tasties, I was bad for like a week and a half. I barely ate anything for like literally, yeah, a week and a half, two weeks, I was really ill. Um, I think probably maybe the fact that I started cutting it out, um, but then also... Yeah, I was I was in a bad way. Like I had consistent acid reflux, just really, really poorly. Um, and that was my wake up moment. I was like, Alan, you just can't. You've been pardon my French. You know, I'm open like this. You've been quite a big dickhead here. Reel it in. Stop. So from that moment on, then when I was so ill, since then I've not touched gluten at all. Um, and I've just been much better. Less tired, less fatigue. No migraines come here and there, like literally every three to six months. Um, I think there's other things that's always contributed to that as well as what that was as well. Um, they've also come back in a whole lot since I had, since I was having them so often. So it got a lot better, but not quite as bad as, yeah, what, what I was. Um, but I can still carry all the medication with me on just in case because I just, I would say I wouldn't wish them, wish them anyway. 
But um, so yeah, so I started cutting gluten out my diet. So for those that don't know, obviously anything pretty much processed has gluten in. Anything breaded, anything with wheat in, can't have normal bread. Um, KFC is a no-no. Normal fish and chips. Any McDonald's, if, you, if you're celiac, is pretty much a no-go. You can have the fries, but that's about it. KFC is a definite no-no. All pizzas are a no-no. Um, Papa John's has a really good um, butternut squash base, uh, which is really nice, which is which is gluten-free. Um, yeah, Domino's, they do gluten-free, but they're not that great. Um, and yeah, so it's been an adjustment. I was very lucky because obviously by that t- time I was nutritionally qualified, um, I do have a nutritional qualification, by the way. Um, and for me, it wasn't as, as big of an adjustment as what it would be for someone else. So I think a lot of other people rely a lot more on processed foods, don't eat quite as fresh as me, um, frozen foods in particular. Um, and they'd be harder for someone that wasn't quite as nutritionally educated. So when that context you can get a dietitian that help you a lot more with that i didn't really need that input or help because of my my own knowledge then also what done on this nutritional qualification and all that kind of stuff so it's very lucky with that kind of context of things but yeah so it does limit your diet a whole lot um i said no breaded no breaded foods even vinegar like soy sauce chinese are pretty much a write-off um i do prefer thai food found a really good thai in crosby that does great um gluten-free dishes and yeah, but it's, things are a lot better than what they were um, in the context of a lot more takeaways now have GF things on the menu. There's a new um, re- restaurant that opened up in Southport, the, the lounge bar that used to be where Waterstones was. And that has an amazing gluten-free menu. I've been there like six times since it's opened. It's only been open like two months. But its gluten-free menu is amazing because it has selection for, for us because the other pubs and places you go to, you have an option of two or three things, which is usually gammon and chips. It's the safest thing on the menu. Uh, even then, they can't completely say it's 100% gluten-free. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a bit of a change. Um, but as I said, the lounge bar in Southport is incredible. And there's a few other Italian Southport that are still getting better, but it's also still quite amazing how many places you go to that don't have anything for celiacs. Um, they're just like, oh, we'll take that out of that dish for you. We'll do this for you. In actual fact, you know, it's quite a big thing, really. And there's quite a few people that have celiac disease out there. Uh, McDonald's is a big one. McDonald's, you, you literally can't, you can't have a burger unless you get it without the bun, which you feel like a bit of a Muppet doing and eating there with a, an knife and a fork and your chips. And so I just don't go to tents, go there anymore. We don't enjoy it that much. So for me, I eat very fresh. So I eat a lot of like fish, turkey, chicken, um, beef. And I do it with either like potatoes or do it with rice, um, stir fry, it makes me have to buy fresh. Anything that's processed usually has some wheat in it to either make it thicker or to buy an agent. Uh, things have got a lot, lot better than what they were, but um, it is complicated. But also there's cost too. So like, for example, a loaf of bread for me costs about £3.25. Um, most sweet treats, £3. Like, it's expensive being celiac. And a selection too. So you can't go to, I mean, you can't go to one supermarket and get everything, but everything isn't always good. Some of the breads out there, especially some of the supermarket owned, does taste like cardboard, literally. Um, so it's a bit of a trial and error. So to my shops in the week, I go to Audi for a few bits. I go to Marks and Spencer for a few bits because Marks and Spencer's, they do like an ice bun, which is incredible. It's the softest thing I've tasted in my life, being celiac. Um, they do a few of the good things there. And they get a few things from Morrison's, get a few things from Asda. So I dip in like several supermarkets because they, they don't have an extensive, extensive gluten-free area. It's usually like one bay. 
Asda, I think, has like three or four. That's got the most in Southport. No, actually, Tesco's got more than that, to be fair. Tesco's got quite a few. But a lot of the, the Tesco's, like pastries and stuff like that, are literally like taste eating cardboard. They're not, um, they're not that fantastic. So you kind of find the things that you like, and then you kind of go dependent on what you want. But as I said, it's, it is very expensive. My, my shops are, I mean, I eat a lot of protein-based foods anyway for the way that I train and my goals. Um, but, you know, meat's expensive anyway. That partnered with, like, when you're spe- spending three or four quid on just a loaf of bread, which still has a, a crap date on it, which lasts, like, a few days, your food prices do really get up. Um, and as I said, it goes through stages in supermarkets where they start doing more of it and less of it because, obviously, there isn't as much of a demand for it. I understand because, obviously, if they had to make a lot of it, manufacturing costs would be down because they're making so much of it. Um, and for the want, but because it isn't a, a lot of want for it, and probably I'm guessing supermarkets probably waste of stuff more than anything, um, that it kind of they have to charge more for it because they're not going to profit in make, making the product, are they? So, so yeah, so it's been a bit of a change, um, and you do sometimes get a bit fed up <laughs> uh, with specific foods, and you're a bit like, for me personally, like my own mental health, I ha- I hate being awkward, I hate ha- being a pain, I hate like. Yeah, it just annoys me. I hate the, te- the attention being on me in any situation. So for me to, to, if I go out with friends eating and stuff and I'm like, they say we're going here, I'm like, okay. I actually hate sitting at the table going like I'm celiac. I hate like having to have that attention on me. I just, it just, I hate having to be awkward. I just want life to be simple and easy, right? I know I can't help it. It's not, I know it's not my fault as well, which is what everyone says to me. It's not your fault. You can't help it, which is right. But it does make life a bit more awkward, like, when you're going out to eat and do different things because you have to take the stuff into consideration. Um, so I'm looking for a meal out in a couple of weeks with someone and um, we looked at the Italian and the Italian has a very restrictive like gluten-free menu. So it's like, I can't have the pizzas there. I can't have majority of the starters. I can only have pasta. And it's just like, well, I go to Italian just to have pasta. I mean, you could, but you go to Italian, you want to have, enjoy yourself and have a bit of garlic, better bit of pizza and stuff like that. That's I, I like to share foods. You know, it's one of my big loves. So I'm going to a Thai restaurant instead that we've had once and it does some good, good gluten-free um, things on the menu there. Um, but yeah, so it does complicate life a little. It's not impossible. You know, there's other people with other intolerances like going lactose-free um, or having a nut allergy and things like this can make life a little bit harder, a bit more complicated. But just adjusting to it, I mean, I can't imagine being celiac and lactose because like, I eat a lot of, you've all seen in my stories, I eat a lot of like uh, yogurt for breakfast and stuff like that, uh, which is, you know, a lot, what, or my diet makes up my protein, really. I'd be lost without that stuff because it makes my life a lot easier, especially when I'm on, on the go all the time. Um, but yeah, so that is being celiac in a nutshell. Um, it's an adjustment. It isn't impossible. You know, the positives to cutting the stuff out of your diet is worth it because it make you feel a whole lot better. Um, but I just think there's a lot of people that don't understand what celiac is um, and the adjustments you have to make. Um and yeah, it is it is massive. But the more people we talk about the things, the more the people understand, the more I hope you guys have listened to this, enjoy this listen saying and I hope you understand a little bit more about it. You know, I went to um a family's for it was my dad's birthday and um the put stuff all out on the table and I appreciate it. Again, this comes down to understanding. I'm not talking negative of the the situation at all, but it's just an example. And they'd done like a spread and the person that spread it was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I I think they I think they're gluten free. I think they're gluten-free and they had a dessert and it had pieces of cake in it. I was like, it's doubtful that these are gluten-free. 
So I just put it to one side, I didn't finish it. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't want to cause a scene or upset anyone or embarrass anyone, but that wasn't their fault or anything. Um, I think it was just more down to the understanding or not knowing or not understanding how detrimental it is for me. Um, so I'm not negative toward them at all, but I was just like a bit cautious of the things I was eating. I made sure I ate salad and meats that didn't have any like sauces or powders. And even like meats that sometimes have like barbecue sauce, like barbecue sauce can have gluten in it, like little things like that. It, it's really quite... Um, eye-opening to what foods do have gluten in. A lot of the things you wouldn't even think of having it in has it in. So it just makes you look on the back of packets a lot more. And even stuff like that, that can be manufactured in a warehouse with other gluten foods that can be sometimes in the packaging process mixed in with it. Um, even like even things like oats and stuff, it's, it's crazy. Oats that shouldn't be having gluten in them because in a a factory to which gluten is held and, and it gets everywhere, the powders and such forth like that because of the, the packaging process yeah, it's mind, it's mind blowing. Um, there is, I can eat things with, um, what is it? With extract in it, because extract is like a, such a minimal amount of gluten that's in it that it's absolutely fine. Um, but I am part of like the celiac association. So I get like magazines through the post of like good meal ideas, things they can definitely have. And all the restaurants are tapering um, these foods for these people, like, like me and, and others that have celiac disease. Um, you know, intolerances are, as I said, similar. They get more of a, a complete... Um, momentary response whereas for me it's just damaging my internal stomach and my effectiveness for being able to digest um, nutrients from foods so when i got passed on um i was told to take a number of supplements that i take so i take like vitamin c d folic acid calcium magnesium um i take a fish oil anyway you don't eat an awful lot of fish i take those daily to help with obviously the recovery of my stomach um but since i felt so much better it's, it's a no-brainer for me i've felt so much better since coming off gluten um and yeah and i'm just an awkward son of a bitch if you want to eat out with me <laughs> um but yeah no it's nice those people understand um and as i said the more we talk about these things the more people understand and realize how much of a detriment it is for people that have celiac disease to eat gluten to have certain things that diet without even realizing um, so yeah, so I think I've spoken enough there. Um, I think we're well over 20 minutes. So um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think of it. Let me know if, what you think of the more casual setup. Um, I may imply this maybe in future casts or may keep the, the guest casts to the table. Um, this is more relaxed. This is more comfortable for me. This is quite nice, if I'm honest. And we'll leave that there. So again, thank you for your support. Please do give it a rating, give it a review, give it a subscribe to me, give me a follow on all socials. I would love you very much to do that. Um, and I'll catch you on the next episode very soon. Um, you take it easy. That's a wrap. See you again.